This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. <laughs> the place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad that you've chosen to join us this week. Welcome back. Uh, indeed, we are back. Took last week off, uh, but uh, for good reason, because I was getting ready to head out to the edge of the galaxy. <laughs> Get it? This is the edge of the... Cause, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Mark Hurlman's back with us. Uh, Mr. Hurlman, hi. How's it going over there across the country? In Oregon. You know, the outer rim isn't as far out as the galaxy's edge. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't sound as cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right at good, the though, otherwise. Right at the edge of our budget is the <laughs> where it was. No, um, no, we had a great time, and we're going to talk all about it, give you guys uh, a pretty in-depth review of our experiences, and I thought, who better to bring on than a man whose uh, enthusiasm for Star Wars and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge knows no bounds. It's Mr. Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi. What's going on, Dan? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm really fired up that you have me on. Absolutely. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report. And yes, that's why, right, folks, we are doing a fairly singular topic episode because there's breaking news, and that news is... Data have the news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Dateline. Riley Blanton has been to Galaxy's Edge, finally. After everybody else, evidently. Like, me and Aaron, we, we got a reservation um, because we were going to try to go opening weekend. Uh, but just uh, he had a wedding, and I was graduating my Air Force Tech School. It just didn't work. So, we're like, can't do that weekend or the next because things were coming up. But we'll, you know, second weekend, it's open, right? We'll be fine. We'll still be amongst the first few. No, it's like everybody has been, it's, and their mother seems to be going to Galaxy's Edge. So, my so we've been. been. Wait, oh, really? Okay, well, <laughs> in that case. What what are you doing, man? It's just Mother's Day. No, <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, we we have been we have traversed the land. It, we really, and I'll just start with this. Uh, we really tested the limits because a couple of us had reservations that we made, and we could add our friend group as as. Uh, I don't know if this is officially against the rules, but they didn't say anything about us not doing it. So over the course of the two days we were there. Um, we had like two or th- no, 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 three different time slots that we could go over the course of a few day those two days um, because different ones of us reserved the time spots. So that was a way we kind of got around the four hour window. Uh, Disney, if you're listening, please uh, don't hate me. No, I'm, but <laughs> that, it there actually blast him, blast I hadn't him. heard anybody else doing it. And I was like, well, this is very simple. Like you can have a party of six and they don't care about how the party is. Uh, I think it was really just sort of a very generic crowd control measure uh, for the total number of people in the park. So that's what we did, and it worked out pretty well. Um, but we kind of really tested the limits of Galaxy's Edge by going 
and going again and going again. Like at the peak crowds, at the different times of day, we got to experience it. We did literally everything we could. Um, a pretty exhaustive list to the point where by the end of the trip, like uh, especially Aaron, I was talking to, he was kind of, he was exhausted. He was like, I have now done everything at Galaxy's Edge. Not that he was tired of it, but like we really tested the limit. It'd be sort of like going to Pixar Pier uh, for like 12 hours straight and doesn't hold up. But like we really wanted to see how much you can experience Galaxy's Edge. And that was an interesting. Now, Dan, I know you've been out there. Um, you were there for the the press stuff, right? Um, the right. weekend be- That was like the weekend before it opened, right? Yeah, I was there the 29th and the 30th and it opened the 31st. Okay, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep, you saw you saw See, Harrison I remember boot up the I Falcon. was watching all your photos and I immediately the first thing I saw was look how wide open it is. Like I was floored. I was like I was equally ecstatic you got to experience it and I was just like Thank it's you. never going to be like that when I go. <laughs> But see, uh, and then Aaron uh, Riley, your co-host on Mouse and Castle, was talking about how the, the photographers were very tricky when you guys went. Now, Dan, when you went, was it just wide open, or was there just as many people there invited as press, where they still had to be like angling just right to get the people out of the photo? Well, the, I was I was lucky to get invited for two separate days because the one day was like a, a big the big press day, yeah, uh, where you know a, a bunch of us were there. Um, and you had we had like uh, a th- two and a half three hour window in the morning where we could you had a couple hours to ride the Falcon you had an hour to go to Ogos Cantina you had an hour to go to walk around the different shops and things like that and it just because it was dispersed and different groups of us were sent to different areas at different times of day there were sections of the park that were just wide open for us and just us. But then the next day I did a number of videos, which hopefully you both saw. And during those situations, it was just me and two Disney handlers. And I would literally have entire sections of the park just for me. Yeah. To do I, video I, was, and I, I was very, very blessed. I'm so going to say right so now, watch, really watch those videos. If you want to see that it's on the coffee with Kenobi Instagram is where I've been seeing that stuff. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's fun, man. I think I've got the bug. This video thing is pretty fun. It, you know what? It is. It is. Uh, I've I've been kind of dabbling in it for a while. Um, at least for like yes, making have. Kind of little vlogs here and there when we do the conventions and stuff. So I I enjoy when it. I, a- I, when I when I first really started hanging out is when you started when doing that when we did the Denny's thing and I was like, man. <laughs> he's good at this stuff. I need to figure out how to do this. And I finally forced myself to figure it out. And Disney was kind enough to help me out quite a bit too. So it worked out really well. Nice. nice. So when you went there, did, was it the same type of experience as say when Riley went there two weeks ago, or was it more just press oriented or was it like, welcome, you've reached Batu, and I see you're from Karelia, and why don't we have you come over here? Or like, like, were you did, automatically in universe or yeah, did, they give you did the you in-universe? have a day of I'm press? I, well, no, they everybody was in character. All the cast members were one thousand percent in character. Okay. The yeah. only big difference is that during the day, um, I wasn't allowed to buy anything, which is probably a blessing. No. Um, <laughs> Good but, for the pocketbook. But then, like during the but for the for the ribbon cutting grand opening thing, when we like the whole place was open, that's when I could go and buy stuff. But as far as like the actors and and the cast members, they were all fully, full on in. In bad too, you know. Every every few steps, you know, people would say to me, you know, bright suns bright. to the spire, all that good stuff. Yeah, nice. So, so for both of you guys, what were your initial thoughts when you first entered that whole new world? I mean, when you had that inverted <laughs> in universe moment, I see what, what you did there. <laughs> first sprung to mind. 
I want to hear what Riley's the host. I want to hear what Riley has to say so, first. Go ahead, sir. So here's the here's the deal. first reservation we had was at night. Um, it was the eight o'clock reservation, eight to midnight. Which, by the way, currently, if you're in the reservation system, or even once the reservation system's out, I think that night time slot is going to be the best time to go, um, because that's just when the kids with it families is. are going to leave, and it's just going to be not as crowded. And so we go. And uh, we go through, I there are three different entrances, and they would stagger which entrance you used. I honestly can't, it was the one over near Critter Country. Um, I, I don't know my, my Disneyland very w- park very well. Um, but the, mm-hmm. as it, the, everyone kind of, you go to, to Launch Bay to get your wristband, and then everyone lines up at the entrance. It, the line starts to get kind of heavy about half an hour out. Um, that's when the bulk of the people, because it's only a set number of people that are going to be in the park per se, mm-hmm. but uh, they people still want to line up to be the first in line to get their cantina reservation or their Savvy's Workshop reservation or jump into line for the Millennium Falcon super fast. So as as we line up, they 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 kind of re- they it's it's a very smart idea because rather than getting the crowd too anxious or leaving us in one spot too long they kind of have a series of staging areas they're like 15 minutes out they let you go a little closer to the edge and then 10 minutes out they take you to the very entrance where you can kind of see the a-wing off in the distance and you're like right at the entrance and then right on 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 the eight o'clock dot they drop the rope now uh i remember at celebration they uh uh, celebration six i think going and i was I- inside the exhibit hall already when it opened one morning and i saw all of the rabid star wars collectors running onto the floor the second it opened <laughs> to get to the celebration store and i was kind of disgusted <laughs> because people were like running over kids nearly it was crazy <laughs> it wasn't that bad but there was definitely there was some power speed walking happening when the gates drop, and it's pretty, you know, that's the most crowded it is. That's when you're shoulder to shoulder. But once everyone, it takes probably about 15, 20 minutes for everyone to filter into the park to the various areas, and then it becomes very manageable. Now, having said that, even though it's manageable, it's still a fairly assembly line experience. Because they really want to build this immersive universe, and it's so beautifully designed, and each experience individually, and I'm sure we're going to talk about them, is really well done. But because of the almost like 100% professional crowd control, every little detail worked out, the complete reservation system, it pulls you away from what the park's designed to be, which is just a sort of natural immersive experience. Because you're like, all right, you have the 735 reservation for the Ogus Cantina. All right, queue up here. You're going to wait in line there. All right, your time slot's here. Go in here and you can stand right there. Uh, here's your two drink limit. And then make sure that you're out of here by this time. You know, like it's kind of um, that just by nature of it being a new Disney park, I think it's going to take some time for it to just sort of settle. Um, mm-hmm. But each individual experience was was amazing. Now, now, Dan, I know for you, uh, you got to go through and and um, and and actually experience that on the press side of things, maybe without the crowds. But did any of the experiences jump out to you as your favorite? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, we the we went the first that we went. Uh, we went to the 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 theater in the front where you get to 
see Mr. Lincoln, but he, he wasn't there. It was um, Scott Trowbridge and a bunch of and um, Doug Chang and everybody who helped create this land. They talked to Stower about the lingo, about the creation of everything. And they took us backstage and we ate lunch. And then they said, okay, now's our slot to go to Batu. Mm. So we go and later I got to walk through the three entrances just to see what it was like so I could see what people were going to see. Mm-hmm. But they took me back and they suddenly, I walk around and there's a falcon right there. So I had to sort of, go, oh, here we are. And there's the Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Yeah. And it was just completely mind-blowing. And so then we basically, like, it, while it was, cr- it was like press crowded, but it was it was still wide open. So we got to run around and do, try everything. I mean, there's a bunch of standouts. It, I mean, the canteen is incredible. The canteen is awesome because it's not kitschy. It feels like the cantina, but it feels like it's being created and sort of modernized without losing any of its authenticity or its flair. You know what I mean? It doesn't, in other words, it looks like it was made by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. It doesn't look like a bunch of creative, intelligent people got in and did the cantina because they saw a bunch of art. It looks like they really knew what they were doing and they actually cared about what they were doing. And it completely, mm-hmm. completely comes through. Nice. I liked going into uh, Doc Ondar's and looking at the incredible merchandise that just so, I mean, you were in there. It's just, it's spellbinding, the stuff that they're actually selling that they have for you. I feel really bad I, right now because there were literally two main things that I did not do that I wanted to, and that was the Cantina and Doc Ondar's, which Aaron's no, yelling at me right now because he did both of them and I did not. Don't um, feel bad because that just means we'll just have to go for celebration. Yeah, that's right? true. Boom. That's true. Easy. <laughs> Easy enough. Anyway, it's 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 incredibly, incredibly awesome. Um, but if I had, and of course, Riding the Falcon is great, and we could talk about that, but if there was only one thing I was going to pick, it would be constructing my lightsaber. Yes. That experience, and I know people, there's video now about it, and well, heck, you've got a video out about mm. it. Um, but I'm not going to talk about the very ending because that was one of the main parts I got choked up. There were three times I got choked up at Galaxy's Edge, and the, the last time was building a lightsaber. Uh, at the end, they have a way that it's revealed that your that your thing isn't just a hilt, but it's actually a blade. And I got really choked up because I thought, of course, it's not real. But if building a lightsaber was actually something that could actually happen, this is how it would feel. It's a real experience. So yes, it's $200 price point. But I'm telling you what, it is you're doing it for the experience, for the energy in that room. I mean, it's it's like the sounds, the lights, um, the cast members, the other people in there d- building it with you. It's not like when you go... To Ollivander's and only one or two people get a wand. Everybody gets a lightsaber. You make it your own. It really is your story. And that that is the one thing. Like that, mm. if I can only pick one thing, that would be the thing I would do. It's yeah. unbelievably great. Well, and the price isn't even ridiculous. I mean, when I got mm. my first lightsaber back in 97, I paid $250 for it. And, you know, it's aluminum, the handle. Uh, oh. You know, I got it right here. And... Oh. It comes out. It's got like a microphone plug that goes in. It's got oh, wow. that Indiglo type stuff on it. It makes no sounds though, right? Because it was before they had the Force Effects lightsabers. And then when the Force Effects came out, they were like 150. I thought I wanted to say they even started out at 200 dollars when they first came out, mm. and they were bulky. They weren't quite the regular size. And you know, and then they went down in price. But even like the Mace Windu one that I have above my desk, it's not quite to the replica size. Hmm. But that one was about a hundred yeah. bucks. So two hundred dollars for the mm. quality that you're getting here. You're getting all metal, right? 
It's all metal. It's it's legitimately heavy. And then in the middle of this, I'm pointing to it as if people listening can see. No, yeah, Dan's there is, showing there us is right the kind now. of a crystal that when you put it inside there, it actually does glow, and you can put it inside see? a holocron, and it will tell you, oh, this is uh, the new Hope lightsaber, or you know, this is Luke Skywalker from the Last Jedi, or whatever. Yeah, wow. it's it's unbelievable. Well, and it's, yeah, and that interactive <laughs> stuff is way worth that extra money. Oh, it's it's <laughs> you know the the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, there's like a, a pirate thing at Pirates of the Caribbean that people can do. This is like that for kids of from 5 to 95. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, it's the must-do thing. It's unbelievably great. So the must I can't do. wait to take my son to it. Yeah, That I, lightsaber and the holocrons are something that I'm like, if I walk out of Disneyland without getting one of those three th- items, if not all three, I'm going to be kicking myself. Because well, start I want to saving your so pennies, bad. my friend. Uh, well, and, I, and I do know for a fact, people from the story group told me this. If you take the Sith holocron and the the Jedi holocron and you combine them, you're going to get a similar thing that like what happened in Rebels season three. Oh, nice. yeah, interesting. That's cool. So what? You know, so I've been watching other videos, but I did see one that you can get a black lightsaber crystal if you get a red one, but it's like one in right. twenty thousand or something like that. I was like, oh, that's, that's correct. That's it's very so, rare, it but so, it doesn't change your blade to be black. Yeah, it's still going to be red. red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, man, just the fact that there are those type of Easter eggs mm-hmm. out there already. What were the kind of Easter eggs that you guys saw just walking around and just perusing? You know, because there are a lot of Easter eggs. There's um, there are hundreds. A Dian- is it a Dianoga? I think it's the Dianoga. It is. That's over it by is. the water fountain. There's like a yep. black tank of of water and stuff, and a Dianoga kind of sh- uh, shows up. At, and it's like only every five ten minutes, so you have to luck out and see it at the right time. Uh, that one jumped out to me that the it's interesting because there are that's the best way i could describe galaxy's edge is that it's very much its own part of star wars in in its feel like it it doesn't it, it's it's sort of a mishmash of of all the rest of the saga um Borrowing, borrowing mostly from well and, and i remember i was talking to aaron and my first thought when i actually was there seeing the buildings and the design is it's kind of like what if Theed in naboo was mashed up with mos espa uh in tatooine and you kind of the architectural style style of naboo with the desert buildings and stuff of mos espa the domes the pillars and it's kind of it's it doesn't feel like exactly something that you've seen in a star wars movie it feels like something that would come from the next Star Wars movie, um, which is the source of some criticism that I've seen. I think they did a really good job, but it's I don't want to discount the loss because they had an opportunity, and I could see a universe where they could have recreated stuff from the actual Star Wars films and done a really good job with it. But mm. I, I still, ever since I re- they first announced it at D23, what quote unquote Star Wars land would actually be. I still think this is the right move. Um, Like you're not, and it's kind of sad. You're not going to experience the, you know, piloting the Falcon through the battle of Hoth. You're going to experience piloting the Falcon on this brand new mission. Um, And you're not going to experience seeing the millennium Falcon docked at uh, docking bay 94 or at Bespin, you're going to see it docked on this planet of Batu. So Mm. I think it's, you can, we can recognize that it's not going to be, if you're an original trilogy fan who wants to experience the star Wars original trilogy in the theme park, you're not going to really get that outside of some of these Easter eggs. Cause there are some Easter eggs, but that's how I would describe them. I see. I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like 
wherever your wheelhouse was, it was there. I mean, it's almost like a, what is a Rorschach painting where when yeah. you get, it's there, what you want to see is there. I feel because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like all aspects of Star Wars. Obviously, we all do. But I'm, I'm if I had to pick, I would say OT or Rebels, and mm-hmm. it's got it's got them. I mean, when when I see the Falcon, even though the the radar dish is square, to me it's still yeah. I'm still in a new hope. You know what I mean? Because that's just what I know. That's just my thing. Yeah. Um, they're in like the merchandise, getting Yoda's cane, that's original trilogy stuff. They've got Carrie Fisher's necklace from the beginning or from the ending of a New Hope in the throne room scene. That's the same model used. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of stuff there. There's a there's a lot of Rebels stuff. I mean, you know, there's a whole dining area that's dedicated to pod racing, you know? Yeah, the pod racing engine, that's a big, like, prequel, as a, you know, big prequel fan, like, seeing a life, like, a full-size pod racer engine rigged up as, like, as an oven was kind of cool. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, Yeah, they, I got to do a really cool interview there with one of the executive chefs, and he, they were having so much fun with it, and the food, uh, and I got—I didn't get to try all of it, but I tried a good chunk of it. And it's there's some good stuff. There. Like the the cadu ribs, they're like mm. really nice and spicy. They're awesome. Yeah, mm, I didn't nice. try. I didn't get to try all of the food, but what I did try, I was a pretty big fan of. Uh, mine was the the oh, wait, what's the in universe word? Mine was the the sausage ca- uh, slaw wrap. The oh yes, the uh, the ronto wrap. The ronto wrap that was pretty freaking good. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Well, that's no, it, but right. I, but I didn't. But I agree. But like when I wasn't sure either because I all I would be cool to be on Hoth or Tatooine, but. Now that I've seen it and experienced it, this is 100% the way to go because it is fresh. Everybody's on the same page because we all have the same access and accountability in this land because it's new to us. I mean, there, there's a couple of books and some comic stuff, but this is all new to us. So we all get to experience it. It's like it's our, it is like it's our story. And it's, it's incredible that it actually worked the way that it did. Yes, you have well, to be willing, though, and I think that's maybe what I was getting to, because I, 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 I agree with you, Dan. Uh, it's very, it, it's a very familiar and Star Warsy feel, in my opinion. I mean, I've heard people who say it's not, but, like, I, I think that you have to be able to suspend, leave the, the, the cool, too cool for the room fan card at home and just experience mm-hmm. something that's going to be different from any of the movies exactly, um, but is going to, in my opinion, be a superior way to experience it, especially with the sort of the, the future opportunities, because especially once Rise of the Resistance opens, and especially oh, oh. I think over at Disney World, where they, they unlock some more capability for us hardcore fans to use the Disney Play app and maybe participate more in the storylines that are unfolding instead of just sort of experience the different rides and food and locations and as it becomes more interactive i think it becomes even more valuable as a basically live theme park choose your own adventure type of thing well it's all about immersion i mean you got to be ready to commit yourself i mean and that even comes down to how you go i mean i know riley i know you were with a group that was doing what they call bounding um did you guys bound at all to make yourselves feel more in universe (laughs) and if you did you know what did you put together what was your ensemble (laughs) yeah we did uh yes well aaron and william were the most serious i kind of very williams was like insane (laughs) and he's all like i threw it together last minute i was like i spit my soda out that's last minute he's like well two weeks i'm like okay now that's that's no, he went the full on. He went a full. On, listen, this is this is California. This is Anaheim, California, in June, and he went on leather jacket, brown pants, boots, 
the whole shebang. Uh, the knee-high boots, man. Those <laughs> things were tight. I was like, dude. Yeah. Um, and even William, but but I'm um, not William, but uh, Aaron's was so subtle. It was like a white shirt with like yeah. a satchel with some tan pants and just some shoes with no lace. I'm like, man, that is slick. It was it was pretty great, and and. They were definitely the exception, and I kind of did a very. I was sad as I actually chose my clothing based on that. I did nondescript clothing without logos and like a green, uh, uh, just a plain green T-shirt and brown pants, um, just to kind of uh, try it a little bit. But it definitely wasn't hardcore enough because in all of the pictures I posted, everyone's like, "Well, great Disney bounding, well, Willie Aaron, that looks amazing," and uh, Riley, it looks like you had a good time. And I'm like, well, "I kind of did." Okay, guys, I guess I should have just worn my Star Wars T-shirt. My, uh, to me, bounding is sort of is sort of a, an interesting way of, of really saying LARPing. Really, it really is, <laughs> right, basically. Right? <laughs> well, and so William, of the people who did, William got into it the most. Um, he had this whole like back and forth with a Disney cast member, uh, yeah. or and by that I mean local resident who was uh, a, a partner with a Chewbacca, uh, mm-hmm. and they were just they went this whole like riff. Uh, uh, on the Millennium Falcon and how they're just letting anybody pilot it these days and it's getting all kinds of damage and like they just had this whole back and forth and he's in character and of course like this whole crowd starts to gather and it just becomes this little moment of performance art that you would never nice. experience in any right. other Disney park. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is another entire level because you can you can do that. You can absolutely interact. I mean, everybody, all the cast members are encouraged to create their own little backstories. You can be a casual observer. You can just be somebody who wants to ride a ride and, and drink some blue milk and walk out. Whatever you want to do, you've got that option. It's very much like it's empowered. Mm. You are empowered, but it's not scripted. You know what I mean? It mm. very, it's a very organic process, and it's it's phenomenal. It, re- it really – I had serious expectations as a Star Wars fan and as a Disney theme park fan, and nice. it completely blew them out of the water. So, so I've got a few more questions here that I want to hit before we run out of time. Sure, sure. And one of them, with you two especially, you both have been to celebrations enough, and you both been to Disneyland enough that I think you guys are probably the most qualified in the room to answer this. What's a better fan experience, going to Star Wars Celebration uh, or going to Galaxy's Edge? Mm. Galaxy's Edge. I don't even have to think about it. Dang. Right? That's, see, and I, and I haven't been there, so I'm leaning that way. I just I had to hear Trust it from me. the people. I am <laughs> I'm legitimately surprised because I was like, I'm torn. Like, it's I'd have to think about it. Um, look, I, look, I'm 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 spoiled. Like, I got to see Harrison Ford right there. You know what I mean? I got to see Mark Hamill. I got to see George Lucas sitting right by the Falcon with Chewbacca walking in through the cockpit inside the actual Falcon. And that, you know, that's another moment I got choked up. I got really lucky. The thing about Galaxy's Edge or Celebration, if you go with people that your friends, people that you love, yeah. The people that love Star Wars like you do, it's going to be that moment for you that you've been waiting for your whole life. I mean, Celebration is wonderful. I mean, I've got so many great memories from Celebration. That they're not mutually exclusive concepts. Like You can like, you can like both of them, of course. Mm-hmm. But to be with Star Wars friends, with um, a 1-1 scale Millennium Falcon right there, where you can go construct your own lightsaber and, and drink blue milk, there's nothing like that in the world. I mean, there's nothing like that in the world, unless yeah. you're in Florida. So, in August. So, <laughs> that's the thing. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't have any inside knowledge on this right now. But I'm sure that when Celebration happens in Anaheim, of course, there's going to have some sort of Galaxy's Edge stuff. And when that happens, yeah. we've all got to go. We've got to go to the cantina and, and share a fuzzy tauntaun. Not, I mean, you know, not one with a bunch of straws. Like, yeah, you can eat your yeah. own. 
<laughs> but but it's I'm telling Everybody you, busts out the challenge coin to see who's paying. <laughs> Riley's paying. That's, that's why that's, that's part of the deal of me coming on the show. Oh wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on tape, everybody. Just just no. nod, Riley. Just uh, nod. You, that's you, what I told you him. Can't go wrong either way. But I'm telling you, Galaxy's Edge is just it's just you know we look. We've all had a lot of cool Star Wars experiences in our lives, especially uh, doing podcasts. Yeah, this is this is to me this is the mountaintop. You know, I, can't I think better. hearing you talk see, about I it, Dan. I saw the celebration four day passes that already sold out, and I was telling Riley in our rogue transmissions, I'm like, you know, I'm more and more, I'm okay with this. I'll just go to Galaxy's Edge <laughs> the next day. <laughs> you won't regret it. Yeah. Well, and I, it's funny as I hear you talk about it, Dan. I I would have struggled before because celebration is like the defining part of uh, my fandom. It it. it radically changed my fan and i'll be the first to say that like podcasting and the and star wars celebration is what sort of both listening to them and then starting one is what really transformed my personal fandom and i know that's the case with a lot of people and sometimes sure. i feel like a little funny admitting that because i've in some ways i'm like well i'm not i didn't grow up with the originals and loved them for you know two decades before i ever jumped into this world you don't have to but it doesn't matter you have a rare experience in and of itself man you're one of the few people that got to watch it all at once for me (laughs) and this is the best way i can describe it for me star wars celebration specifically five this is before any new movies were announced any of that stuff for me star wars celebration what was what for the original trilogy era fan the the 97 re-releases was that's what like really uh yeah got my fandom going good times uh and but having said that now that that's very nostalgic I, i would say now you know i've experienced it and with new movies coming celebration is not as much a um it's it's not as much like the one mecca that you do. It's 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 just like a small part of what Star Wars has become because Star Wars has become this huge juggernaut in the culture. Celebration almost feels like something that's just like a natural outflow of all the new movies coming out. Everyone's right. hyped for the trailers, and I that's all that that's all well and good. But like my favorite part of Celebration is exactly what you're talking about, Dan. And and it was there long before new movies were coming out. And that's just finding your best Star Wars buddies and hanging yeah. out. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that whether it's Comic Con or the Rancho Obi Wan Gala or New York Toy Fair or a local con in in your state, if you're with your friends and you're just walking around having fun and enjoying stars and just kind of that's like a natural healthy escape from the craziness that the world can sometimes provide, then that's it. I mean, but it's it's all great. And then of course the Galaxy's Edge, you can get you know these cool little Coke <laughs> things. Uh, there yep. you go. Nice. Nice. So, okay, now, you know, we know it's great. We know it's awesome. What could you do to improve the overall experience? Hmm. Uh, Be there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Honestly, I don't know what else would improve it. It's it's great. It's it's great. I I think the green milk could be a little tastier. Yeah, I was going to say blue or green, but it sounds like blue for you. There's no, there's no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> it is. The green no, is, the and, I, and I'm sorry, of, but Butterbeer is still much better than both of them. I, you know, <laughs> I haven't been there. I'm playing. I'm actually going to Universal for the first time. Uh, oh, cool. this, this fall that I'm looking. You'll forward love to. it. Yeah, I'm, I, I feel like you live at the theme parks. Every time I'm looking at your Instagram, you're at the theme park. <laughs> I, it's deceptive. We store a lot of photos, and then I just post them. Um, but uh, so, who flew the Falcon? You guys, as groups, who got to actually fly the ship? Did Did you guys do it until you had that chance, or mm. how did that work? I mean, I've seen videos and stuff of everybody doing it, but I've I've never got to talk to anybody in the room mm. or in the cockpit. I was pilot. You need a pilot? Yes. 
Are you right side or left side? I, I did both. I was the pilot twice. I did it. I did the ride twice and cool. everyone in my group was nice enough. And by nice enough, I mean, uh, most everyone was gone, had gone more than me already. So they're like, yeah, you can be right pilot, left pilot. Right pilot was the coolest one though. Cause you get to jump to hyperspace, which is pretty great. I got an amazing story about that, that I want to say for the end of the show. Oh, wow. That's um, but I, I wrote it. I wrote it four times. I wrote it once at night, which is a very different experience by yes. the way. Um, and I wrote it three times during the day. I, w- I was all three things. I was a pilot, I was a gunner, and I was the engineer on the right side, and then I was the engineer on the left side. Nice. I think the engineer might be the coolest. That's what Aaron it. said. I was surprised. Yeah. It's fi- you, I feel like it's the most interactive, and it's also the mo- the least pressure. When you're piloting, yeah. you've got all these people behind you like, oh, that's, you know, and, and Hondo's yelling at you, and it's your responsibility not to crash the beloved See, Falcon. I, and I love that but stuff. Engineer, you're just fixing stuff, but you do a lot of pushing, and <laughs> it's great. I, I was the least impressed with the gunner. You basically just push a button. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I wasn't going to ask it because it sounded like you guys answered the question already, but I'm going to. What's better, night or daytime? It does sound like you guys are both leaning towards night, but why? Like for the park overall? Yeah, for the um, overall experience, which is better, the daytime or nighttime? And it does sound like you guys are both leaning towards night, so I, I kind of need well, to know why. So, number one, <laughs> it's cooler. <laughs> that helps a lot. Um, but then also the lighting is just really, really cool. It, it sets the mood really well. Um, and it doesn't – and I know it's probably the same number of people. Well, actually, it probably isn't. It's probably less crowded, but also you don't feel the crowds as much uh, at nighttime. Um, there's just not as much glaring light everywhere and it just gives the opportunity for the whole thing to become a little bit more mysterious. Uh, and so the overall look of the park looks way better at night, I think. No, the, the lighting is great. It's a very good point. It's the Falcon is lit beautifully when you're going through the queue and you get to be behind the Falcon, which mm. is a, a really, a really wonderful treasure. It just looks gorgeous. The ride itself, in when you're flying it, when you're flying the Falcon Night, when you leave Batu and land it, it's a nighttime, and it also creates, a, I think, a more, a much stronger effect of the ride. And, you know, because during mm-hmm. the day, sometimes you can tell, oh, this is screen I'm looking at. Whereas if you're riding, you know, uh, the flight of passage in Pandora and Animal Kingdom, it doesn't look like you're looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. I feel like during the day the Falcon does on occasion, but at night it does not. It just helps with the effect a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's a little more atmospheric too. Although, whether it's day or night, I never feel like I was in Disneyland. The way they've got mm. all the sightlines blocked, it's brilliant. That is. Yeah. So how do they do that with the the photographers? I mean, we talked about that a little bit at the beginning, but mm. I mean, I know Riley. When you guys yeah. went, Aaron flat out said it was super crowded, but in the picture, it looked it's, wide yeah, open. I mean, that's some brilliance. Let thing. me tell you, sir. It's a wide angle lens is uh, is the trick yep. there. They have like three different spots, and then each one's like twenty or thirty feet from each other, and it looks super crowded on the outside. But when the photographer gets there, up, they get up super close to you and just use a super wide angle lens. And it's like magic. It doesn't look distorted or anything on the photos. But yeah, it's brilliant. It, it's, uh, it's all angles. Yeah, it's all. Wow. About, yeah. Because yeah. that was that was the first thing that I got worried about. I saw, you know, especially your, your videos and your pictures, Dan. It's just wide open. There's like nobody there. And I'm thinking yeah. like. How cool would that be just to be like looking around and being like, I'm the first one in this outpost, this station, you know, like, and then there was that, and you guys answered it right away. Like, I thought when you guys were going to get there, it was going to be like a checking in on a planet kind of thing. Like you came off the spaceport and you're just getting there. Cause I'd seen some people had their armbands and it said they came from certain planets and stuff. Like, how did that process work? How did the, the story element of bringing you into Batu, when did that really come apparent? Was it your first interaction with, with the 
the staff or was it they, like the second you walked in it was already going so uh i don't know did they do wristbands for you guys no we just we just were there yeah yeah so what they're doing yeah. for this wristband thing when you pick them up at launch bay it's like a light reference they like it, they i think i heard someone say yeah here's your t- here's your ticket for passage to the to batu and then it has your like origin planet and there were some random random ass planets like stuff that i didn't know and i was like hey william because william's the big nerd what planet is this he's like oh it's uh, it's that one comic you know from the from the release the spinoff of the and i was like nope i don't know what kind of impression do you do of me when i'm not on the show uh a, a, a very uh, bellicose bellicose oh that word oh, wow. is bellicose i don't know <laughs> uh, but uh the it, that the, it it wasn't like that immersive because you're just going to launch bay and picking it up, but you know it's kind of cool. Um, well, it's neat when you're walking, whether it's Critter Country or back through Frontierland or wherever you're walking in, you can look at the ground, just like in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Florida, and you can actually see the the ground and the pavement changing, and and the colors on the walls, and and the garbage cans, whether they're on the resistance side or the, or the first order side. They're different, right? I mean, you just you just kind of you just find yourself enveloped, almost like there's this invisible curtain that you're walking through, and you just become a part. And then every single person you interact with, you know, when I when I went on the Falcon the second day, I said bright suns, and and the guy goes bright bright suns. You see how bright it is out there? Just like they're right in there. They're just having fun with it and having what? fun with you, but not did they, your expense. It's just atmospheric. Did they explain? Now this is just a personal curiosity. Did they explain at the president or anything? What is bright suns like? Yeah, they. I, we got a list of like what everything means. Bright suns is like saying hello or good morning or okay. you know, nice so, of you to it, drop by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, or yeah, or like when you know to the spire is like saying good luck or it becomes like a rallying cry or rising moons is what they say at night uh, stuff like that or like um, if you're like. If you're basically saying, you know, good job, nice work, they say fair trade, stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. When you do the lightsaber build, they give you a pennant or a pen or something that you can wear. Did you you take and wear yours? Because I heard that if you're wearing it, the cast members will actually – oh, that is beautiful. They'll actually interact with you differently based on your pendant and which path you chose. They may. When you wear it in the the actual Savvy's Workshop experience – that's how they know which uh, box to give you for the stuff to build. Yeah, but but I took mine off because I I didn't want to put a hole in my nice fancy little lanyard. Mm. But but I'm sure that's probably true. I mean, they've got all kinds of ways to sort of monitor. I mean, in, you know, it is interactive and it is immersive, but it's not like they pester you. That was mm. one of my concerns yeah. before I experienced it. So there are going to be plenty of people who are commercially or, or it's hot, and their kids have been bugging them all day to ride this ride and blah blah, and they just want to go there and do it and do their Disneyland thing. You're not you're not gonna feel like pressured to role yeah. play. You know what I mean? It's just it's a fun, natural, organic. No one's process. gonna come up and like really a aco- it, it like for the troopers, for example, they'll definitely they look around to see who seems like they're game to kind of have some fun. They're not gonna bother people who are just kind of there. Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Hey, so mer- favorite souvenir, and then I was I'll about jump. to say merch. Last one I have. Yeah. <laughs> You got the popper pig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I sure did. I got it. It's not even my. I'm going to give it to Bruce. He doesn't know because of his ongoing obsession with puffer pigs. And oh, yes, they great. make the sound. You got to record that before you give it away because that sounds good. Uh, right it's now. like the cutest flippy cushion ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. 
It's so true. Um, so, well, and so Dan, does anything beat the lightsaber for you? I mean, what no. about what about this though? <laughs> so you can't cool. argue. No, the in the marketplace they've got these incredible little statues that look kind of like the ones from the droids cartoon in the eighties that are nice. Mm. The Sabacc decks are great. They've got Dejaric wooden chess sets, which are amazing. The holocrons are great. A little Kyber crystal. I mean, there's so much stuff. Like, if you are a collector, obviously you're a huge collector. You're in trouble, man. It's <laughs> there's so much cool, unique stuff you can't find anywhere else. Mm. I mean, I've actually got I got to talk to Steve Sansweet about this a couple of times, and he's just like mind blown with yeah. all the cool stuff they have there. Mm. So, so which path did you take with yours? Did you take the Jedi Protector path that, that looked like uh, that peace and justice, been- man? Oh yeah, peace I'm, just- I'm peace and justice all the way. Mm. Nice. Yeah, the, I, I and I like the design. I was, the Sith one was very cool looking, but I just really liked the design of the peace and justice one. Which one has like the the Rancor tooth or the that's nature that's the, the nature one? Nice. Yeah, yeah. the that Ric was- Flair one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, what was your guys's favorite? element inside of it like the favorite location or the favorite ride your favorite number one experience i mean i dan i think for you it was a lightsaber building was there anything beyond that though that stood out the cantina is the coolest environment i mean by far i mean you've got yeah. dj rex there uh that's really great and then the booths are huge uh it's just and then people keep saying it's small it's just the right size it's really nice really really classy but just standing in front of the falcon like you can just stand in front of the falcon Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I because I, I think we're at like best kind of environment. Or I honestly really liked the. Um, it's kind of weird to say because there's like no place to sit down and hang, but I really liked the Ronto roasters and the the pod race. It's just like pod no, race that's cool. that was. I really liked the there's like the this ambient sound and light, especially at night. Uh, yes. It was just a really cool place to to hang, and I was trying to remember the day. I'm still so bad with the names of the food and the drink, but I had there's like a mango drink they had that was freaking great. Um, that's actually yeah. what it's called, the freaking great mango drink. That's, that's, yes, yeah, so <laughs> to the spire, man. I have no idea what spire. it is. <laughs> I love Dan's dry deliveries on to the spire, the freaking <laughs> freaking mango drink. <laughs> Yeah, that was. There's a lot of options. I think that's really where the the park will kind of, when it's not in this like strict reservation system, and they kind of figure out. I mean, they're already doing like. By the time we got there two weeks later, they'd they'd already transformed the way that you do queues and lines, like the cantina. Um, people Within were like 48 hours. They did that actually. The cantina thing. Oh wow, really? Yeah, so yeah. that didn't take long at all. So they're, no. they're working to improve the experience to be a more natural crowd flow. Uh, and so I look forward to to that. I think it'll be the the best experience you could really get at this park is when they start doing like an after hours event in here. That's yeah, really yep. where I think it it would really shine. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm. Well, all right. Wow, that's basically oh favorite food. I didn't ask you. Uh, any uh, any food items that that really the, jumped out? To the you? Uh, they're not. We're not supposed to call them popcorn, but those kernels they had. The, uh, the yeah. Did you try that? I did, and it was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting. I love it. That's my favorite. It was great. They're and you, almost... you're supposed to mix the spicy and the sweet together, and it's it's exceptional. It's it's um, by far the best popcorn I've ever had. It Ooh, it nice. was delicious kettle corn. I was kind of surprised at how how well it turned out. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. But before before we go, I got to tell you one great story. Oh, that's right. It's the uh, the Falcon. What happened? Yeah. The Falcon. All right. So 
the second day when I was showing up to do all my video stuff, um, I'm walking in towards where the press is, mm, and yeah. I look up, and walking towards me is Alden Ehrenreich. He's just walking right towards me, like like you do. <laughs> and he's got like his little green, yeah, he's got his little, he's like this green surfer hat on, and he's. I'm looking and I see him. It looks like he's with his family, like his his brother or some nephews, nieces, stuff like that. And we make eye contact, and I think, all right, I'm gonna play this cool. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do, but I'm just gonna let things happen. So I walk. Uh, he goes through the thing, and he starts talking to his brother. I assume it's his brother about that they're gonna ride the Falcon. How excited he is! And I just go, mm. dude, it's awesome. He goes, have you ridden it? I'm like, yeah, I rode it four times. So so Alden starts <laughs> asking me about the Falcon, right? We're talking about it, and I, and I said, by the way, when it's time, if you want to be the person to send the Falcon to Lightspeed, sit in the pilot side on the right, and at the time, you're going to be in charge of going up and down, but you're also going to be the person to put it to Lightspeed. He said, thank you. We shake hands. I get a picture with him, and he leaves, and I can legitimately say I told Han Solo how to put the Falcon to Lightspeed. Dude. That happened. Dude. Dude, yeah. it doesn't get any better than that. No, I know. I was like on a mountaintop experience for a long time with it. Although a little concerned. Did, did Han Solo forgot how to fly? No. Um, no, no. Dude, that's He was that's probably amazing. starstruck. He loves coffee with Kenobi. <laughs> he just yeah. like, he's like, would you sign my mug? <laughs> Wait, well, you do have coffee with Kenobi mugs, right? That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I've got quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can buy them on the website. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm just going to go to coffee. I with think you I think you both deserve one. You've worked hard. Coffeewithkenobi.com, <laughs> I'm assuming. Look at that coffee is, with. Is that also where you can find links to your social media and podcast and subscribe to Coffee with Kenobi? That is exactly right, good sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call a transition right there. Uh, no, it's uh, right there, coffeewithkenobi.com. Dan, thanks so much for uh, coming on the Star Wars Report. Tell uh, all of our uh, listeners who all like Star Wars and you do awesome stuff with Star Wars, what you're up to and uh, what co- what Coffee with Kenobi's been up to recently because there's a lot of great content over there, I know. Hey, well, thank you both very much. This was an absolute pleasure. I'm, I mean, besides loving chatting with you guys, I'm a big fan of your show, so thank you very oh, much. thanks. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts uh, every week on Coffee with Kenobi. We've got uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. There's a lot of video out there of my experiences at Galaxy's Edge interviewing some of the top creatives who helped bring this building to life, this 14-acre land that is mind-blowing. We've got a Patreon page with an exclusive podcast, and I also, twice a month, I have a podcast with Jim Hill on the Jim Hill Media Network called Looking at Lucasfilm. And I also write for a website called StarWars.com. Nice, nice. Uh, you just, are just a little busy website. man, uh, and of course it's at Dan Z right on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, no, no. Wait, Mr. Zare, I remember. Hey, Mr. Zare, I remember. Z E H R. Yes, you know, thank you. I, I forgot about that. I always forget about that. Yeah, no, no. Well, I figured because there's so many things you mentioned there, and I'm sure that whenever you're posting new links and updates, of course, you can find them there on Twitter as well. But we'll have links to that in the show notes for this episode of the Star Wars Report. Uh, hey, and yes, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, hey, big shout out and thanks to all of you guys. Um, who are supporting us as well on Patreon. So thank you so much. It's patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, you can get this week's Rogue Transmissions. Me and Mark were catching up a little bit, talking about uh, Star Wars Celebration memories and plans and that sort of thing. It's our pre-show show, Rogue Transmissions, uh, at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Check it out. Um, and then if you want uh, more details on the, all the Disney stuff, I know all Galaxy's Edge this time, but if you just can't get enough, you can hear me and uh, Mr. Aaron Goins talk about our experience, including some uh, a little audio diary we recorded 
uh, on our trip to Galaxy's Edge over at the Mouse and Castle podcast. Mouse and Castle, uh, Castle, Mouse and Castle podcast.com. I can talk. I speak. I think of the Jar Jar. Every just time. speak does not make one intelligent. <laughs> that's so true. That is, that's, give that to the Star Wars podcasting community. Hashtag guilty. <laughs> that's me. Uh, but hey, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? You know me, Logical Rogue 2 out there. I finally got my account back from my son. Although, <laughs> if you see somebody playing it on Fortnite, it's probably still him. I got all the characters now. <laughs> nice. I like it. You can also find me, um, my social media is at the Riley Guy. That's for uh, Twitter, the old Snapchat, and of course, the best place to see what I'm up to, and that's Instagram, at the Riley Guy. Until next time, folks, thanks for tuning in. May the Force be with you, and remember, many Bothans died to bring you these bright suns. All right, look at that. One humdig, look at that, like right at 40, 45 minutes. It's pretty good. Right on the nose. That was a great All show, right, so man. That was very good, thanks Who needs guys. Show that was notes? Fun.